Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast, sharing a rundown of tips and strategies to live healthier and happier in a fun way. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. This is part two of my interview with the 300 Pounds and Running podcast host on his viral article, An Open Letter to Race Directors from the Back of the Pack. Last episode, we talked about his weight loss and running journey going from completely inactive and unhealthy to running a couch to 5K and eventually doing a full marathon. If you missed it, I do suggest you go back and listen to that episode first. I think it's a really good one, and it's really important to know where someone's coming from so you can kind of better understand what triggered him to write this article. If you're new to the show, I'm Monica, a runner, eater, redhead, Mexican, and podcaster from Southern California, where it is currently raining. Isn't that weird? I started running repeat to document training for my first marathon and my weight loss journey. And along the way, the site grew into a huge community. You can follow along at runeatrepeat.com and follow me on Instagram at runeatrepeat. Now let's start with the warm up. I feel like it's been so long since we've talked and we have so much to catch up on. I'm excited about this, but I kind of have to keep it short because the interview is a little long. But since the last time we've hung out, I went to Las Vegas and did Rock and Roll Las Vegas Half Marathon. There was a half marathon in PV, which is gorgeous and super hilly. I want to talk about those things maybe next time. I feel like there's been a lot of other stuff too. But I do want to catch up real quick on my favorite day of the year, Thanksgiving, and ask you, how was your Thanksgiving? Because mine was weird this year. My mom went to Italy over the week of Thanksgiving. And this is notable because A, it's my favorite day of the year. So I feel like my mom should be here to celebrate it and or cook a bunch of food that I can eat. B, she's never been to Europe. She's never really traveled. I think she didn't even have a passport. She had to get a passport for the trip. This is like her first time going, you know, traveling out of the country, big style like this. And I was very happy and excited for her because she's always wanted to go to Italy. But then I was not happy and excited for myself because I've always wanted to eat a ton of food on Thanksgiving, you know? And it left me in this little awkward position because we were going to do like a fake Thanksgiving, or as I'm calling it, a fakesgiving that's with an F, previous to the official holidays so that we still got to celebrate together and we still get to enjoy our family food that we like, like all of our traditional dishes that we look forward to. And I didn't realize as we were setting up the dates, and it was kind of me coordinating it, that it was the same weekend I was going to Las Vegas. So I text my family in our little group text and set this up. And then the next day, I realized it popped in my head. I think that's the same day. And then I had to text them again after checking and say, cancel. I am actually out of town that day that I suggested that we all do this. And you all agreed. And thank you for replying promptly. So that was a major fail. And because we had kind of set that up, my brother and sister-in-law had made other plans for the actual holiday day. And my dad and brother, I think we're just, since we all felt like we were going to have like our fill of Thanksgiving, 
there was no solid plans for the actual tea day, you know? But a month ago, my boy, I met my boyfriend's family for the first time. We went to Disneyland. So this is the first time that I've met these people and we're spending all day together. And I'm kind of sick, actually, but I'm going to rally because who's going to turn down Disneyland, right? And I made a huge effort to keep my germs to myself. Thank you very much. But I, at the end of the day, after meeting these people for the first time, um, let's call him, I feel like my boyfriend needs a nickname. We will call him Newport because that's where he grew up. So we're at dinner at the end of the day. And apparently maybe I passed the test and I got some sort of approval because his dad, we were eating at one of the fancy restaurants at the California. I wanted to call it the Grand Californian because that's where we met in the morning, but um, at California Adventure. And his dad asked me what I'm doing for Thanksgiving. I was like, actually, it's really weird. I go, I start telling him about my mom, you know, traveling. And he says, oh, well, you know, like I figure you have family because you're from here, but you're welcome to join us. So his dad asked me, invites me to their Thanksgiving, which is like really nice, right? Yes. But I feel like Newport should invite me right? Can we all, are we all agreeing? Are you running and nodding? Like, it's nice that I was invited, but I feel like my, the person I am in contact with, the person I know these people through should be the one to actually like formally invite me. What if he's a want me there? Who knows? What if he's just not that into me? I don't even know. So <laughs> we are eating, um, we go out to lunch the weekend before Thanksgiving and we hadn't really talked about it, but he kind of brought it up in the weirdest way. And now that I'm telling you the story, I'm second guessing everything that I'm going to say because sometimes he listens to the podcast and I don't want him to. I wish I would have somehow created some fake, I, I want to say ID, like some sort of alternate career that I told him that I do so that he does not follow and or listen to my life that I'm sharing on social media. So I could speak freely, right? Because I feel like this is the stuff people really want to hear about. Every time I do like anonymous questions or ask me anything, people are all over this stuff. So let's talk about it, right? And make it weird for me. You're welcome. So we're eating lunch and he's asking, he kind of brings it up or he says, what what's your brother and, and sister-in-law doing for Thanksgiving? And so I kind of explain the whole thing, right? That, well, we had planned to do this together. So that fell through. Um, so they had made other plans, but yeah, they're doing something else with my sister-in-law's family. And I don't know those people, like her cousins that she's going to celebrate with. But I mean, I can go. We're Mexican. The more the merrier. It's all good. But still, like, I don't. Yeah, that's not ideal. But it it could work in a pinch. And he's like, oh, what are your dad and your little brother doing? And I actually am not sure once again, because it's everything is kind of more up in the air. Like we didn't make any set plans after fake skivvy and fell through. 
And so I say, I don't know, they might be doing this, they might be doing this. And so after those different options, he is like, oh, well, yeah, you know, you could probably go with them. Like, he is still just kind of just assessing what my options are. He is not inviting me to go. He is pointing out to me even that these are other options or these are options that I can do on Thanksgiving. And I am getting pissed. Like, I am just like, bro, like, are you serious right now? Because I'm thinking, even if I would rather do something else, even if I would rather go with, you know, my brother or my dad, my little brother, or freaking volunteer that day or run a race and then order Chinese food, whatever the heck I am going to do, you could still invite me to do your thing. And I get to decide whether or not I want that. It was like weird in that I felt like he was not inviting me because I had other options. You feel me? Do you get what I'm saying here? So I am just like, we're keep it together. We're in public, but I am getting more and more mad the more that he is talking. And finally, I am like, he said, I I forgot. I'm like, he said, well, what are you going to do? So after all this, right, he goes through all of what my two, really, it's like my two brothers, like we're, we're close. I adore them. Like I would, I wish I would just hang out with them all the time. So he kind of lists what my brothers are doing and he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I say, nothing. I don't think I'm going to do anything. Like I'm not going to drive this way or that way for something, whatever. And I think finally he says something about like his Thanksgiving, his family's Thanksgiving, and he had to work on Thanksgiving. So he was going to be a little late to Thanksgiving dinner. And, but they were even changing it to accommodate that because his sister lives in San Diego and his parents live in Orange County. And he was going to just be there, like just try to finish work and get there in time for dinner. And I don't know if that factored into it at all, but basically I feel like I finally was like, are you serious right now? Like (laughs) what is going on? It doesn't seem like you were inviting me because it was like a very reluctant invitation. Mind you, this is what I ended up doing. Like I'm not going to be too prideful to point it out because I think it really more than anything was a miscommunication, but it was like an offensive miscommunication that I just thought this is shitty. Like, let's just be straight here that I have to like, why are you dancing around just inviting me? And I just pointed it out that I feel like you're listing all my other options as if you do not want me to go to your Thanksgiving. And he corrected me on that. He said, no, I totally would want you to go. I just know that you might have other things. And yeah, the decision should be up to me, right? Like mine to turn down. If you want someone to hang out with you, invite them to hang out with you. And if they don't want to, they won't. How simple is that, right? Anyways, the moral of the story is I had Thanksgiving with Newport's family and it was nice and everyone was nice to me. And yeah, 
it was good. And I think we're still going to do a Thanksgiving dinner. So for Christmas, we're going to eat Thanksgiving food because I feel like it's really important that I have that experience each year. It's, It's very, very important. And I brought over to bring it back to being relevant to running repeats. Um, I took the, obviously I offered like, what do you, what does your mom want me to bring? And he said, she um, wanted me to bring something for an appetizer. I brought over the baked debris and I just posted this recipe actually a couple days ago. It's life changing. I had been researching a lot of different recipes and appetizers and different cheese plates because I'm working, you know, with real California milk this year. And I found I was going to make it in a puff pastry and I accidentally left the puff pastry out overnight when you're not supposed to do that. I just like I was second guessing it. So I tried a couple of different ways without that. And literally four ingredients 10 minutes. And it is so impressive and amazing. And I set it out. I got those little like um, the brown bread from Cheesecake Factory. Does everyone does everyone know what I'm talking about? Because they say that it's famous. I feel like the package said our famous brown bread. So apparently it's famous. But I put that all around it, put the brie in the middle. It looked amazing. Like presentation is amazing and it was delicious and it's super easy. Highly, highly recommend. I will put a link to it in the show notes so you can check that out if you need to bring an appetizer or people are coming over or just randomly you want to sit there with a bunch of big brie and watch Christmas movies. I'm just saying you should look into this. Before we get to the interview, I also want to mention on running repeat, there is a mailing list form um, A, I'm trying to get ready for next year and I've been getting a lot of requests for more meal plans and more kind of running 101 type of posts for beginners. And so I'm asking you, what do you need? What would you like to see more of on the old RER? So there's a form on there that you can fill out and you can put in your address too, if you want to be a part of the mailing list. And yeah, that's all. Now let's get to the interview. Last time I talked to Martinez Evans from the 300 Pounds of Running podcast about his weight loss, running, and injuries. And that's the episode right before this one in case you missed it. Now we're talking about his article, An Open Letter to Race Directors from the Back of the Pack. And I will put a link to that in the show notes at runeatrepeat.com if you want to read that. But just to give you a little snapshot, part of what made it so controversial was that he's obviously super upset. He's cussing in it. He's kind of aggressive. So he got a lot of pushback online. And he also got a lot of people reaching out saying that it really spoke to them and or sharing their stories of similar things that they have experienced in the back of the pack, either while running a race or potentially out running. And I wanted to talk to him because first I wanted to know what has his experience been at races, things that I have not necessarily known or seen. I think it's important. And I also wanted to talk about what does he think should change? What does he want to have happen next? Because I think that's the most important part. And 
the only way to really take something from a negative experience is to figure out how we can prevent something from happening again and give positive, constructive feedback, right? If you have a bad experience with someone, if you have a bad interaction or just some sort of negative situation somewhere, obviously you can take from it what you need to, and you can be upset. We're all allowed to feel our feelings. All of our feelings are valid. I obviously go to a lot of therapy. Um, But then what's next, right? How are we going to prevent this from happening again? And so we kind of go into that a little bit as well. And I would invite you, please, if you have had an experience at a race, it doesn't have to be at the back of the pack, or if you've had an experience running, obviously a big theme lately is that it takes all kinds and everyone is welcome and it doesn't matter your speed or size or anything else. But if you have some thoughts on how this can be remedied on any level or just how maybe running and races can even be a better experience for people, please chime in. Uh, runningrepeat.com in the comments or on my Instagram post today and just share your thoughts on if there's anything kind of productive that we can do to prevent anyone from being feeling like they are not welcome or they are discouraged from running because that's super not cool. And I want everyone to feel like they are welcome and to have fun and be safe. So that is the main thing that I think we're all after ideally. And we're going to jump right into the interview since we kind of already were having a conversation about the other things. So no intro this time. Let's just get into it. I had read your article, an open letter to race directors from the back of the pack. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a link in the show notes so people can check it out as well and, and read the entire letter. But to start with, was there one race that triggered you to write this? Um, I think it was a bunch of races. They kind of triggered me to write this like throughout my whole journey from running in 2012 until now, there was a bunch of races that kind of contribute to this. I think one recently is that uh, I ran a half and they sent out an email saying that they ordered 1200 medals, but they only got 800 medals. And, you know, there was going to be a shortage and they was going to figure out a way to like solve this problem. And the problem that they figure out they was going to, uh, the way they was going to figure out this problem was that all half marathoners was going to get a medal. And then, you know, it was a 10 K and a half K and a kid's race. So there was like, you know, all half marathoners and all kids will leave with a medal and then 10 Kers and five Kers, like we'll just figure it out. We'll mail it to you. And, you know, I finished the race and when I got there, there wasn't a medal for me. Right. And one of the things is that like I knew, you know, there could be a possibility. But when I got there and it was some of my friends who ran, you know, a marathon quicker or some followers who was, you know, who finished before the deadline or anything like that. And it's like, oh, we don't have a medal for you. And then, you know, have my significant other say, well, you know, they've been out of medal since two hours ago. Like, two hours into the race. So you told us one thing, you did another. And talking about that on my podcast, I just got this influx of other people sharing their stories about not getting medals, water running out, things of that sort. And I've, I've had that stuff happen too, right? So for example, in Detroit Marathon, 
like I said, I sent it, I finished in 6:45. The time limit is seven hours, and after I want to say mile 12, there wasn't any race mats until or, or any time mats until the finish line. So from like mile 12 on, like my family, my significant other friends who was following me was worried. Like, did he quit? Did he get on the bus? Is he hurt? Is he lost? And they couldn't tell, right? They couldn't tell until I got to the, got to the finish line at 645. And during that aspect, you know, water had ran out and just all types of stuff. And luckily there was some, you know, some spectators that helped me out along the way because I hit the wall hard. And if it wasn't for them, like I remember one lady, I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. Like I'm about to quit. Like the bus is behind me. And like the guy has came back multiple times and like, Hey, you want to get on the bus? And I'm like, no, like I got this. And this lady runs next to me who was volunteering and just hands me a handful of Jolly Ranchers. And I was like, you know, thank you for running this race. And all I can think was, shoot, thank you for these Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> and it was like those Jolly Ranchers that got me from mile 18 to the finish line. It wasn't the race. It wasn't, you know, the race people. It wasn't the race director. It wasn't none of the race volunteers because they was gone. And I think that started the whole uh, disappointment of running races and having things like that happen. So, you know, fast forward until recently and, you know, I didn't get this medal. They say half marathons is going to get it, uh, get their medal, but they didn't. And it kind of started this whole conversation again. Right. It's something that was always brewing because. Every time I run a race, every time I run a half marathon, I got to take hydration. I got to have this big backpack full of water, full of goo, full of all this other stuff, because I know that races are going to run out of stuff. And even though I'm within the cutoff now, if I'm outside of the cutoff, like, you know, all all hands off deck, like everything is, you know, on my own. But if I'm within the cutoff, I should get the same things that the people in the front got. And, you know, with having my podcast and, you know, interviewing people from the back of the pack, they share, they share their journey and it kind of just sparked from there. So I shared my journey. I shared my story about not to get in the medal. And then other people started telling me their journey about not getting their medals, not getting water and things of that sort. And it kind of just enraged me. Right. Like I'm hearing these stories and I'm like, well, this can't be all true. Right. So let me just do. Um, a spitball survey. Like, let me just, if you ever, you know, in, in like the back of the pack, Facebook groups and things of that sort from fat to finish line, if you ever had a race run out of water, not give you a medal, time mats and, and, um, race signs removed before you finish, um, before you finish the race and you were within the cutoff, like leave a comment. And I got somewhere over like a, I want to say a hundred to 200 responses between Facebook, Instagram and emails. So, you know, reading all these and, you know, thinking about my story and this is where this article kind of came from. So it's six years of anger for myself of being mistreated and then as well as followers and other supporters from the back of the pack and followers of 300 pounds of running. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually really surprising to people because I assume that if a race says there's a seven hour cutoff, that they are accommodating someone that can, that is running that time frame potentially. And they're not 
tearing down aid stations or the mile markers. And you made such a good point. And I hadn't even thought about it like this because it is like, you know, tracking for your own time. You kind of think, right, when you get your stats at the end, they tell you when you hit the 10K mat or whatever. But if someone is tracking you, I, I hadn't even thought about that being really a concern, uh-huh. you know, like scary, A, and then B, if they're trying to jump around and see you at different parts of the course, it kind of, exactly. it makes it impossible. It it does, right? And, you know, I shared a story about, in the article about um, Takia Dinwiddie. Uh, she was one of my first guests on 300 Pounds of Running. Uh, she ran St. Jude Half Marathon, which was like her first half marathon. And they just start pulling up course signs, right? So she makes a wrong turn and ends up, you know, she's not from Memphis or where the race was at. It ends up in a rough, the rough side of Memphis. You know, she shared like how people were trying to sell her stuff. Like somebody felt so bad for her that they was like, you know, I'll just give you bus fare. And she's like, even if you give me bus fare, I don't know where I'm going. Like her phone died. Um, and all this stuff. And it took for her to find like somebody that had a race medal that had finished to say, Oh, you're five miles or how many miles off the course and you need to go the other way. And she ended up running 18 miles for a half marathon. Like, where is that acceptable? Like, that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. So frustrating and scary. Exactly. So, you know, sharing these journey, you know, sharing these stories as well as mine, you know, this is where the article was birthed from. And, you know, I know people got, you know, strifes about the language and the tone. But the thing is this. You can't tell me how to be upset and how to express my upset, anger and hurt on my own platform. So that's like telling you, you know, that's like you telling you, Monica, to go run a race with no water, uh, no signs and no timing mat. Good luck getting there. And then when you get there, you don't have a medal and you still supposed to feel happy and joyful. No, <laughs> that's not what we signed up for. Not at all. And it's like the thing is that I do think because I, I feel like the only real kind of argument against your message is mm-hmm. someone saying if you were slower than the cutoff time, right? Mm-hmm. So they had this plan or whatever their permit with the city, they have to shut it down at this point. Sure. You never want someone to be in an unsafe situation at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but that kind of outside of that, it's so really expensive. So if you're signing up for this and you do think that you are going to have the route mapped out for you and access to water and gels or whatever. And for that not to be there, it's just like we are paying a ton of money. And if you're not getting that, if you're not getting a medal, it just really, I mean, and I hate to use this phrase because it's like, uh, there's a lot that can be said against it, but just like as simple as like, it's not fair. Like I'm paying all this and like, (laughs) Hey, but like everyone else gets it. And this I'm following the rules. So it seems not fair. And that's the thing, right? And that's the, I feel like that's the the core of this article, right? Curse words, tone. You definitely didn't say it's not fair. (laughs) 
you i mean you used another it wasn't fair it was another f word you know but yes i agree <laughs> and, you know and and i discussed this and that's the thing like people gonna get upset with you know f you fight me right you're mad about that and you know i've got kicked out of facebook groups and you know people have banned my articles within different groups because they feel like um I'm uh, being decisive or I'm, I'm gaining up on the race directors. And that's not, ca- that's not the case. I'm only ganging up on the race directors of those who run out of water, remove race, uh, markers early and or time mats and run out of metals within the time limit. Those are the people that I'm getting at there, right? That's the thing, right? So if you go through this all for six years, right? You go through this since 2012 and you have these experiences at the experiences like, Going back to my first marathon, I finished 6.45 of a seven-hour race, and I pre-ordered, like, race pictures. For me, it's my first marathon, so I'm going all the way out. I done pre-ordered the race pictures in front of the little race sign. I say Detroit Marathon there. They got the finisher stuff. I didn't get any of that. Like, the guy was gone. Like, when I finished, like, that was the first thing. It's like, oh, so wh- where do I go for the race pictures? And they was like, oh, he's gone. And I'm looking like, but oh, I paid for that. Like, how am I going to get a re- reimbursed for that? Right. It's like, oh, well, you'll get the pictures that they took on the course. But I'm not getting my finisher picture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, uh, again, expensive. Like, this yes. is another big cost. Yeah. And that's the thing. They tell you to buy this stuff all in advance because if you don't, it's going to be three times the price afterwards. And I paid for it. And I made it within the cutoff and it wasn't there. So imagine that happening, you know, race after race. So some people going to say, well, don't sign up for races or get faster. So you telling me that I'm within the cutoff of what the race people said the cutoffs are. And I'm a, I'm obeying that. I didn't pay my money. They don't have to obey to the stuff they got written on their websites. Like that sounds like a breach of contract to me. Yeah, in the beginning, for most of us, we're not super speedy and we are intimidated by signing up for the first race. And you just want to, this is supposed to be a hobby that keeps you healthy. And ideally, it's fun and it's a pleasant experience. And when you have something, you know, like feeling like you are being basically kicked off the course or there is no course. You're just running on the street like mm-hmm. any other day because mile markers are pulled up. Like that is really stressful. And race day is already stressful without that. Exactly. I think that's where like all this is coming from. And, you know, for the people who don't see that, that's where I'm coming from. And I'm glad to, you know, be on a platform that can talk about my sentiment and, and show that, <laughs> you know, for people who don't know me, I'm actually a, a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. No, I'm just kidding. For some people, yeah. But, you know, I'm actually a nice guy and I'm a cool dude. And, you know, I'm here to inspire people. But when there's some gripes and it's not just me, it's a lot of people. And with this article being shown, I would say about 90 percent of people had similar experiences where I ran this half marathon. I finished within, you know, 20 minutes of the cutoff. There was nothing there. They packed up. I had no medals. That was the race that made me want to quit running. Or I haven't put on running shoes since then. Yeah. And then you get people that's like, suck it up, get faster. 
lose weight, get faster. Like, what type of elitist stuff is that for a back of the pack? Because, like, let's be real. Besides the 20 or 30 people that's in the front, Meb, Des Linden, you know, Selene Flanagan, things of that sort, if it was just them, the race wouldn't make no money. Mm -hmm. So now that it's out here, you've obviously gotten a lot of pushback and other people kind of reaching out. What do you want to happen from this? I want change. Um, what I want is enough conversation and dialogue that can get people to either think about the races they sign up for and not support these race directors who are not doing or keeping up with the end of the bargain, as well as race directors doing better for the people at the back of the pack. And one of the things I noticed is that, you know, people were sharing on um, different race companies which i can't think of off the top of my head of you know their a stations are amazing their tables are amazing so on and so forth like check out these races but also coming up with some type of thing like that right Mm -hmm. but also knowing that there's still some things that can be done right okay i might not need a race sign on a big stand you know that shows mile five with the logo but hell, hell can you at least write it on the side, on the ground. Can you, can you lean the, 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 the cardboard or the poster board against a tree? You know, can we shorten the time mats? Like, does it have to be over the whole length of a street? Mm-hmm. Can we shorten it and put it on the sidewalk, on grass or something, or in a bike lane? Like, can any of that stuff happen that can be out there? You know, for a backer packer, I'm willing to pay an extra ten, fifteen dollars for, you know, race staff to be out there longer. Could that happen? Can is you know how much more is it to add an hour? Or if you don't want to do this right, so if you picking up stuff, if you picking up stuff at six thirty for a seven hour course, well maybe you just need to make your course a six thirty course then. Yeah, and like. Be okay with that, right? And be okay with people not signing up for your race because they are 645 runner or 650 runner and your course ends at 630. Those are things can be done. But, you know, I think the thing is with capitalism, (laughs) I think that, you know, with capitalism, we, we try to make this all inclusive, but also try to cut corners to still make the most impact out of our dollar spent. And, I think that, you know, by doing that, it's not fair and it's doing a disjustice to everybody on the course, especially the back of the pack, which I think is like one of the emerging markets. You know, I look at that from fat to finish line Facebook group and they got like 20, 30,000 people in there. Right. Mm-hmm. That's going through the same thing. Somebody told me I was too fat to run. I found this group and I, I see a bunch of fat runners in here and I'm inspired by them, you know. Or whatever the story is, you know, I've been on it. I used to be athletic in high school. Life happened. I had these kids. I didn't got this job that I don't like. And I want to pick up running again. And I'm not the fastest I was back in the day. Like everybody should have a voice and everybody should, you know, feel safe on the race. And as well as everything should be fulfilled to, you know, I would say this unofficial contract because I'm paying a service for you to have water. You know, I'm paying for your service and you saying your site, well, this race is going to have water at these stops. It's going to have, you know, 
some type of race fuel or goo at these stops. I'm going to know how to get from the start to the finish. And you provided this tracking app. So now all of a sudden, halfway through the race, it don't work anymore for me because I'm slower. <laughs> yeah, I like to because I am very like very realistic when it comes to if there's a problem and I'm like, OK, what's the realistic solution? And I love what you said about the the timing mats like can they just be a little shorter? You know, like if you have mm-hmm. to like open up a lane, you know, like, can you s- scooch it over a bit? Like, right. can we, like, do you have to tear it all down? And it like, that is realistic. And it is also fair to say within the time limit of the course or whatever it is. And if I get, if you need to pull the mats, if it is past the time limit, but can there be some sort of writing somewhere that it is right. like marked off the mile markers or whatever. It, it's just like, that's a very realistic exactly. suggestion. And when it really comes down to it, like that's what I'm supporting. And that's, these are the people that I'm arguing for in this article. These are the people that I'm willing to fight for in this article because I've been there and I'm still there. Right. Like I said, I'm 354 pounds and I'm ran, you know, three half marathons in the past month and I'm training for NYC and I have two other races on my calendar for next year and I'm training for a a ultra marathon and like I'm doing all this right and when you think of it you know you would consider this person fit right if that person was a normal weight but since I'm still at this weight I'm not considered fit (laughs) and I still get people that look at me weird and I still get people that tell me I need to lose weight and all this other stuff. And I look at them and say, well, have you done three half marathons in three weeks? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, what are we talking about then? Because there's this uh, phrase that says like you're moving the goalposts. So, you know, for people who have uh, the average weight, the goalpost is here. But for people who are overweight and still are moving, our goalpost is further away. So we're, we're, we're aiming at different things. Yeah. And that's not, you know, and, and that's not fair. And it's not fair to, you know, condone or misconstrue all this stuff, you know, with, with anybody in a journey. And I just want fair treatment. <laughs> I just want water. I don't want, I just, <laughs> I, I just, just want water. I just want water. <laughs> I don't want to have to carry a, a, a camelback everywhere I go. It's messing up my style, you know? <laughs> I just want water. I just want water. You're being ridiculous. That is way too much to ask. You have a lot of nerve. You have a lot of nerve wanting water. But you know what? That That is a new race, right? I should come up with this. A race that um, you don't know where the finish line at. You got to provide your own water, and it's not timed. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to pull race. up the mats. We're going to pull up the mats. And it is all relative, too, because it is right. like faster runners chiming in. If they just accommodated the elites, like yeah. this would happen to me or this would happen to a lot of other people. It's like it is all relative in terms of how quickly of a time it would be for them to start shutting things down. Because right. if that's the case, well, let's shut it down once map crosses you know the the half the half marathon market let's just pull it up then everybody everybody at the map gets no mile marker and mm-hmm. no time and everybody at the map gets 
no water and no goo. You got to provide your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, too, I was thinking, and no one would want this. Like this would be another potential. How they do it, I lasted in this is a little story. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. Um, in high school for half a second, I tried to be on the cross country team. I don't know why. It was mostly just because my friend, like, I think my mom would take us to school and then her mom would pick us up or something. So she signed up for cross country. I was like, well, I guess I kind of have to do like, you know, like she's my ride. I got to hang out. And it, I was not made for that. Like, I was like, what am I thinking? I've never run at all. I wasn't made to run. I was like, you know, overweight, trying to figure it out, follow along. It killed me. But what I'm getting at is, so in my little short two weeks, three weeks, I don't know how long I lasted. They, I would start, I, they would say, you're going to run to, there was this one run we did. I think they called it church. You would run to church street. Maybe there was a church there. I don't know. I was mm-hmm. too, my brain was flooded with a bunch of bad words and I would go first. Cause I was the slowest and they would, the like corrals quote unquote of us are the coach would have us go slowest to fastest. Mm-hmm. Because that makes the most sense. I'm going to take the longest to finish. So he's got to let me go first. No one would want that if they switched the corrals like that because people right. hate to be crowded. But it's like, okay, if that's not an option, then let's all be supportive. Like if you think about it that way, if that's the alternative. Then I would be like, oh, no, let's keep it open. Let's keep it open, folks. Right. Like, you know, put, me like, in, <laughs> put me in front of me. Put me at Corral 15. Right. And put me at Corral 1. But that, that makes sense because it's like, yeah, these people, I needed a head start. Like, you guys, I needed a head start. I probably should have started at lunch to go hit Church Street and turn back. But, like, yeah, I, I went first because it was just like we're going to have to be all waiting for her at the end and no one wants that because if you get stuck in a corral that you are too fast for for whatever reason right if they're timing it up it's frustrating to have to like dodge around people like i have gotten in the last corral at disney where the at the last corral people are just walking right Mm. and yeah i just had to like walk the first two miles because it was that crowded i could not i tried to get around people and i'm just like this is crazy. And again, yeah, yeah I'm not going to win. I'm not here to win. I'm in a costume. I'm just going <laughs> to walk it, you know, like it's going to be okay, Monica. It's going to, no one's going to be like, Oh, look at your time. Like who cares anyway? So, but yeah, if that was the case all the time, I would be like, well, can we like tweak the rules a little bit? You guys, can I start? Like if that's the alternative, I would think it puts it in another perspective of being supportive of right. the more, the merrier, but let me go first. You just keep it open for them and we'll all have beer at the end. Like, exactly. You can follow Martinez on his site, 300poundsandrunning.com or on Instagram. He is at 300poundsandrunning and I will put links to all of his social media in the show notes. And if you have any thoughts on what runners or race organizers can do to make everyone feel welcome, have fun and be safe, please share it in the comments. Now let's get to the awards. First place goes to everyone doing Pile on the Miles. We're doing something different this year with the Run Bet Challenge, and it has been awesome and amazing and also a little 
trial and error, at least for me, with figuring out finally using Garmin Connect, which I think has changed my life. Um, And just seeing everyone chime in with their workouts on my Instagram run report and also in the run app and in the Facebook group. I am so proud. I am so proud and so happy. And I just like, oh, this is why I do this. I just think it's so awesome. So first place, it's just been amazing and keep up the good work. Um, second place goes to my new favorite eyebrow threading and eyebrow tinting lady, because I actually have to go right now. I have an appointment and I need to wrap this up. What are you doing today? Why don't you let me know? And you can get third place. You can tag at runny repeat on Instagram and do a selfie or a screenshot and let me know what you're doing while listening. That makes me super happy. I think it's fun. If you have a question for me, you can email runeatrepeat at gmail.com or leave a voicemail message with your question at 562-888-1644. I super appreciate you listening. I hope that you had a very fun Thanksgiving. If you have any feedback, like I said, in the comments, you can leave them in the show notes at Runny Repeats or chime in on my latest IG post. And yeah, have a great run. Thank you for listening. For show notes, recipes, discounts, and more, go to www.runeatrepeat.com. You can also connect with Monica on Instagram by following at runeatrepeat and on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash runeatrepeat. Be sure to subscribe to the show and please rate and review in your podcast app.